0: Hi, I'm Scott Ott, and this is another one of the Right Angle famous, now legendary, Thunder Rounds. This is not like anything you've ever seen before <laughs> on Right Angle. There is nothing that even approaches it. It is not a derivative concept. This is fresh from my fertile mind, and it springs upon you now. Stephen Green, what we're going to do here is we're going to ask a uh, a couple of questions to each of you. I have not prepped either Zoe Rachel or Stephen Green in advance for what what's coming their way, uh, but they are going to now be blindsided. It's kind of a form of ambush journalism with some headlines that I thought were interesting, and I don't care if you don't. (laughs) So, Stephen Green, you're first up. This story comes to us from CNN. A Virginia family gets the keys to Habitat Humanity's first 3D printed home. Stephen Green, apparently they can build one of these homes that would normally take weeks to construct in just hours, less than a day. Do you think that this is going to become a wave that's going to benefit a lot of people who cannot afford either the time or expense that it takes uh, to build traditional housing? I want it to benefit even people who can afford
1: traditional housing. I'm not I'm not kidding here at all. Uh the we're still building houses like we were a hundred years ago. Same basic setup. Maybe it's two hundred years now. I, I've never really gotten deep into the history of home construction, so I just but I do know that it's the same. Basic thing, you lay the cement down, and you've got the the standard walls with the, the the joists, and you've got the studs, and you've put up the drywall and all that. And it seems to me that with the advances we have made uh, in the last... Probably 40 years in materials and the advances we're making right now, especially with 3D printing in construction techniques. Why the hell are we still building houses in the exact same way we were a hundred years ago? It just makes absolute no sense to me. And as a, as a homeowner and as somebody who's made a lot of home improvements himself, I can tell you with some authority just based on nothing more than the number of F-bombs I've dropped wondering, why the hell do they do it this way when they could do it this way and I wouldn't have to do this instead? Please, (laughs) please, there has to be a better way. (laughs)
0: Included with that Habitat for Humanity home, uh, the homeowner is also going to get their own smaller scale 3D printer. So if anything breaks in the home and they have to replace like a switch plate cover or an, uh, for an outlet or something like that, they'll actually be able to manufacture it right in their own home. Oh, you, I just think this is—you you know, what, Scott. Ahead.
1: I, I, I hate—I hate to interrupt your uh, your thunder round. But uh, just well, just one last thing. My wife, having endured uh, two pregnancies and particularly two labors, would like uh, to be able to 3D print children from here on out. <laughs>
0: And that new Matrix movie is coming out soon. So um Zo so Rachel, this is a topic for you. Um this is uh from uh I, I don't even know what publication this is from, uh, but the story is that Hispanic voters in uh in Reading, Pennsylvania, in Berks County, Pennsylvania, not far from where I used to live in Lehigh County, are shifting toward the GOP, toward the Republican Party, and neither party can really figure out why. Uh, But obviously, one party is scared about the prospect of Hispanic voters moving in the direction of the Republicans, uh, and the other party is just trying to come up with a way that they can really squander this opportunity. (laughs) Uh, What do you think this... What do you think this could mean in a city that is practically, Reading, Pennsylvania is practically two-thirds Latino. Um, what kind of broader implications do you see here?
2: I'm assuming that this was probably a question for me because my name is Alfonso I guess which sounds, you know, Spanish or Mexican or something like that. Uh <laughs> you're not Mexican? No, no, actually I got the name because my my grandmother's Filipino. So, uh you know, and they speak a lot of you know, Spanish in oh. the Philippines. And 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 strangely enough, I know it sounds like uh, Alfonso would come out of the the more romantic languages, but if my, if I understand correctly, uh, uh correctly, uh, Alfonso is actually Germanic. Which is kind of strange, you know. I have no idea. Yeah, it's. I mean, I. Well, and Rach and Rachel is Hebrew. Yes, so I got a I got a German first name and a Jewish last name. How about that? That's America, baby. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Now you know, of course, you know, Google that or TikTok it, you know, and double check. You know, I could be wrong about you know the etymologies of my name or histories of my name. Uh, But in terms of. you know, this has been a, a long time thing. You know, we often hear in conservative circles that, you know, like with the black community or the Hispanic community, our values are are typically conservative anyway. And uh, just the problem is because of the racial narratives out there, a lot of times blacks and Hispanics don't want to be associated with conservatives because they don't want to be associated with people who have been deemed to be racist. So that's one of the reasons why there hasn't been that shift per se. Um But the implications of this i wonder it's like well um, that's good to hear that, uh, Hispanics are being more out of the closet in terms of their conservatism. Uh, but y'all might want to be careful with that because, uh, uh, the Democrats might be like, Oh really? You want to do that? Well, ain't no more of y'all coming into the country. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, we may, uh, uh, take those planes that we gave to the Haitians to send them back. And we might have some planes to send you back to and whatnot. And you just might not find uh, yourself being more welcomed by us anymore. And us being the champions of, uh, immigration, even though they leave out that illegal thing uh, or just uh, friendly to uh, or pandering to the Hispanic community in general. But uh, you know what? If, if they stay the course, they'll find that, you know, the, you know, those who are of the uh, Latino persuasion. be like, look, man, uh, you can go ahead and, and you can get to stepping with that anyway. Uh, we found what we're comfortable with. And uh, yeah, we don't need you.
0: And some of the things that the article points out is that it's uh, a lot of Latinos come from a Roman Catholic background and f- the family friendly policies and the life friendly policies of the Republican Party are much more in concert uh, than the policies of the Democrats uh, towards specifically issues like abortion. And uh, one of the things the story points out is that Republican President Ronald Reagan actually welcomed millions of immigrants into the country while uh, Democratic President Barack Obama was the great dep- Porter. And so, you know, the, the, the uh, table is turning. And uh, like I said, let's see how quickly the Republicans can screw this up. Uh, Stephen <laughs> Green, there is an opinion writer at The Hill whose uh, name is John Kenneth White. And he has written a rather uh, breezy piece of too many thousands of words under the headline, The Constitution Isn't Working. And I will summarize it for you thusly, Steve, and get your reaction to this. The Constitution isn't working because everything's wrong with how we're working the Constitution. Do we need uh, to fix this Constitution? Uh, well, I love the idea of the Convention of
1: States, which is you can go to conventionofstates.org or .com, whatever it is. Uh, if we get enough states together, we can propose some amendments. And this is the never used way to amend the Constitution and re rein in the, uh, the federal government and, and scale it back to something appropriate to the Constitution as was written. I would just – you know, I would – the Ninth and tenth, tenth Amendments, if we could just add one line to the end of each of those amendments that says, and we mean it, no loopholes, th- that would that – <laughs> that would solve – so many of our problems right there. And Scott, I did understand the, the question correctly. Yes, that the constitution isn't working because we're, we've been ignoring it or increasingly ignoring it for the last Well, this years.
0: isn't what the guy is saying. He's pointing out all the flaws of the constitution. For example, uh, you know, it it allows the Congress to slough off its responsibility to be the only entity that de- can declare war by allowing the president to do yep. this. The, the, the executive branch has shirked its responsibilities onto regulatory agencies or push them back into the okay. Lap of Congress so, okay. That, so he's, you know that kind he, of thing. He's on our side, basically. Yeah. Uh,
1: the changes I would make. He just doesn't one, know it. Yeah. Congress can't uh, <laughs> uh, uh, slough off its uh, 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 mandate to to legislate. End of story. Um, if it, if something has a way to law, it has to pass through Congress. Period. Um, there there are just some simple small fixes that. make the document work the way it was supposed to. Uh, The big flaw, and this is one of the things the founders didn't foresee, the Constitution's not perfect. It wasn't supposed to be perfect. That's why there's amendment process. Um, But Madison's vision was to have three branches of of, uh, the federal government, each of which, in his word, would be jealous of its powers against the other two. But when you have a Congress that is no longer jealous of its powers, that would rather be liked than do its job, and has all these executive agencies, that it can say, you figure this out. That's that's really
0: what's killing us here. You know, you reminded me of something that uh, seems unrelated, but I have this little tablet that I can take notes on. It's an electronic e-ink screen tablet. And I was showing it to a friend of mine. He said, that's really cool. And I said, the only thing I don't like about it is that every time you boot it up, it takes a long, long time to boot up. And so it takes, you know, like it seems like a long time, which probably means it's 40 seconds and it just takes a long time to boot up. And so I don't like that about it. Well, Steve, as it turns out, that same week, I stumbled upon uh, the owner's manual for this device, and I found out that I had actually had a setting on here that told it to completely shut down when I turned it off.
1: Oh, instead of sleep. yeah.
0: (laughs) Instead of just going to sleep. So this thing actually does not take a long, long time to boot up. And when I first read the Constitution as an adult, frankly, and looked at it and I thought, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. This is how it's supposed to work? <laughs> That's not what I see on the news reaction. every day. That's right. <laughs> okay, uh, final question, and this one goes to my friend, uh, Alfonso Rachel. Uh, so, uh President Biden began a press conference. Actually, it was a call with governors around the country to discuss the COVID-19 pandemic uh, this week. And he started off with the sentence, There is no federal solution this gets solved at the state level. so I don't know whether to call uh, for a moment of silence and thanks be to God or just to ask for your reaction to that sentence.
2: Man, uh, uh, yeah, I guess it's not, uh, you know, when you said it's not a, a, a federal thing, I figured instead of going to a state, Uh, level thing. I I thought he would jump to, it's not a uh, federal thing. It's a global thing uh, because they all seem so uh, globalist oriented anyway. And, uh, you know, or I thought he would finish up with saying like, you know, it's not a federal thing. It's a, it's a, it's, it's, you know, the thing it's, you know, what kind of thing it is. Uh, So (laughs) I'm just going to be like, well, man, I'll I'll chalk it up to being like uh, Hey, I'm impressed, man, that you were able to go ahead and just go ahead and say this thing for yourself as it is. And uh, you know what? I mean, I'm personally happier when people are asking, like, where is Biden or where is Kamala Harris? You know, when they actually step out to say something or it looks like they're doing their job, I actually get nervous because their job in their mind is actually to undermine the country and sell us out in the first place. So I'm like, you know what? Don't do your job. Don't say nothing. Biden, you just go ahead and you have your runny jello and you stay in the basement. Kamala, you go ahead and do whatever it is that you want to do. But don't do anything presidential or what is supposed to be. I guess in your mind as presidential, so um, I don't know. I'm 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 not. Uh, I don't know if I find any sort of comfort. In it. I just wish that it would just kind of like stay on vacation.
0: Well, if I thought that the president really uh, believed in this doctrine, um, mm-hmm. I'd be very excited. I I don't think you know, he's, as it said in The Princess Bride, you know, he keeps using this word. I don't think it means what he (laughs) thinks it means. Um, It doesn't, or he certainly doesn't think it means what I think it means. Mm. But, you know, conservatives for years have been distracted by many and various issues, and we always get tied up in particular policy battles or, or news of the day issues. But if we could just get one fundamental thing right, let's give it a shot for a year or two and just say, let's put the states in their proper constitutional role. Let's put the federal government in its proper constitutional role and see how things play out. <laughs> And I know that there are people on the left who will make the argument and say, "Well, you know, that's what got us, you know, Jim Crow." And I'm like, "Well, you know, you could make that argument. Let's grant it to you, okay? Let's just say that the reason why that uh, civil, uh, you know, discrimination continued for so many years uh, was because of some sort of structure of the, you know, individual states were able to impose this upon their citizens." Well, you know, my kid scuffed up the car once. And I was upset about that, but I didn't say he would never be allowed to drive again. Um, Maybe if you're on the left and you think that states' power caused racial discrimination, maybe let's give it another shot when the hearts and minds of so many people have been changed in such a profound way and see how that works. Now, I don't really think what you think, but if you do... Why not give it a chance? If you're upset about what they're doing in Washington, whether during this administration or the previous or the next, why not say, hey, maybe if those guys in that remote district didn't have so much power, that there would be more opportunity across the country, at least in 50 different states, to try things that might work. And then maybe... Some states would be more successful than others. And then, in that case, maybe the successful states would be objects of emulation. And so that the states that weren't as successful would say, hey, you know, that state has it right. I think we should try that instead of what we've been doing. Because that's the way the framers envisioned it. It was going to be a bunch of experiments, and people would be able to benefit from this diverse knowledge, not just a small group of people in one place making decisions for everybody. So, actually, that was my my favorite story of the week. Is the president saying there's no federal solution to this? That should be the slogan of the political party that really wants to govern this country according to constitutional bounds. For Zoe, Rachel, and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.